0: That's why we do church, that's why we're here, and that's the picture of Christmas and what Christmas is all about. Would you just remain standing for a moment? Um, Hey, can we thank our band? What a great job. You guys are awesome. I don't know if you guys realize just how amazing this talent is on this stage. It's insane, the, the talent we have. I'm just mesmerized by them, honestly overwhelmed by their heart of worship, and they're they're all my friends, too. They're all just really good friends, so it's it's fun to do church with my friends. Uh, I want to take a moment just to acknowledge one of our band members uh, and the leader of our worship team, Daniel Surratt. Yesterday, he graduated from Oklahoma Western University. Yeah. Way to go, my friend. Man. It only took eight years and about, uh, 365 lunches to convince him that he was supposed to be in ministry, and he finally gave into that, and, uh, we have a, we just have a small gift for you, my friend, to tell you how much, as a church family, how much we love you. And Di, um, she deserves the medal, is Di back there, stand up, Di, nobody ever gets to see you, will you stand up? This is Daniel's wife, Di, and, uh... I can tell you from one who's gone his route, uh, the true champion in that is uh, our, your spouse. And so pretty awesome. Hey, this uh, Christmas season, we are talking about this theme of how Jesus came to bring hope, healing, peace, and purpose to all of us. Hope, healing, peace, and purpose. Let's say that together. Hope, healing, peace, and purpose. This is what God promised for us. This what the season is about. If you have a Bible, I want to read to you a couple verses before we sit down. In Matthew's Gospel and the 14th chapter, today I want to talk to you about hope. Last week I talked about healing. Today I want to talk about hope. In Matthew's Gospel, if you don't have a Bible, by the way, just go to corechurch.com can download a mobile app there. And I read out of the New Living Translation. But in Matthew's Gospel, the 14th chapter, uh, Jesus, as we learned last week, he's both God and human, God in flesh, and he is just heard the devastating news that his friend and cousin John, the Baptist, um, has been martyred. And it's devastating to Jesus because Jesus is fully human and he's grieving the loss of his, of John's brutal death. He was martyred and they cut his head off, put it on a platter and just mocked him all over. It's just horrific. And Jesus is in mourning. He's a grieving. And we pick it up in verse 13. It says this, as soon as Jesus heard the news, it's about John the Baptist, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and they followed on foot from many towns. And here's our God. This is our God right here. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick i pray for you father as we gather now to hear from your word we ask that your spirit would speak to us church just pray for people you might know them you might not know them uh they might be friends you just don't know when i'm going to talk about healing today and let's just be sensitive to each other right now because walking in this place we don't know what every person carries and so let's just pray for each other um and then pray for me as your pastor that i would be faithful to this text and what, what God's trying to get said to all of us today in Jesus' name and the church gave a big Amen. All right, you can be seated. So glad you're so glad you're here. It's great to have you. Well yesterday my mama turned 75 years old. And uh, many of you know my mom and she's just as spunky as she was when she was 35. She's just awesome and I just love her so much. And Uh, A lot of you know the journey if you've been a part of Core Church. I've shared with you a little bit of the journey for my mom this past year. It's been a difficult year for her. She suffered a a stroke, was in the hospital uh, several times this year because of that. And then a couple of months ago, uh, she called me and she was in excruciating pain um, from head to toe. And she said, I don't know what's wrong, but I made a doctor's appointment, but I can't get to the doctor. Could you come pick me up? And I was like, sure. And so I came by, picked her up and and I drove her to the doctor, and as I, we, the closer we got to the doctor, just the worse it got. And it was, she was just going down fast. And I knew this wasn't the flu, and it wasn't a cold. I mean, it was really devastating pain she was facing. And so we got into the doctor's office, and the doctor just really just said, there's, there's nothing, I, you need to get to the hospital. You need, you need to go now, um, because she was just going down fast. And, and so the hospital happened to be right next door to the doctor's office, and so it was like a football field away. And so he said, do you want me to call an ambulance? And I was like, you know what? No, just we can get, I can get her there faster. So I'll go get my car. You guys bring her down. So they brought her down and and we put her into the car. And and by this time, she just doesn't even want anybody to touch her. Her pain is so excruciating. And I get her over to the hospital and I pull into the ambulance entrance and I've never done that before. uh, And there's no ambulances around. And I went up to the doors and they didn't open. And so I'm banging on these doors uh, and somebody comes out and they're like, what? And I'm like, you need to get my mom. I don't know what's wrong with her. She's in excruciating pain. She can't move. If you touch her, she's going to be in pain. She's had a stroke before. I don't know what's happening. If you can just help her. And they're like, yes. And so they come and they, they get her and they get her out of the car and they, and they wheel her into the emergency room. And they said, hey, go park your car and come around. I'm like, okay, okay cool. And, and I'm, I'm just a little bit um, unnerved by this whole thing because it's my mom and I don't know what's going on. And so I, I come around and I come into the waiting room. And when I come into the waiting room, my mom is sitting in the waiting room in a wheelchair. And, and they've put a clipboard in her hand with an ink pen. And I'm like, what is going on? And so I, I said, mom, what are you doing? And she was just could, couldn't even barely speak or move. And she's like, they told me to fill this out. And I'm like, you're filling this out. And so I went over to the main desk and I said, look, I don't know what's wrong. This isn't a flu or a cold. Something is very, very wrong. I need you to get her back in there and figure out what's wrong. And they're like, oh, okay, well, sir, we'll just be with you in a moment, so just go have a seat. And so we're like, okay. And so I, we wheeled over to one of the seats. The emergency room is empty. There's no one in the emergency room except the two of us. And I'm like, mom, they're, they're coming. It's going to be just a minute. And a minute goes by, two minutes, three minutes, like almost five minutes. And I'm like, what is going on? So I get up and I go back to the window and I said, hey, um, maybe you didn't understand me, but we really need a doctor out here. Like, like now, this is not the flu. Some, my mom has had a stroke before. She has a, an issue with her heart. I don't know what's going on. Could you please send someone? She said, oh, okay, sir. I'll, I, they know, but I'll tell them again. And then so I go back and I sit back down. And another three, four, five minutes passes and they're not coming. I'm just, I'm, and I, so I've just had it. I'm just done. And so I go back up to the window and I'm, I'm not yelling. I'm not losing my voice. I mean, I'm not screaming at anyone, but I just said, look. Somebody needs to come, like, now. Like, in the next 60 seconds, somebody needs to get out here because something bad is, is going to happen. And I need you to come out and get her. And this, this, she was a young girl. She was just like, yes, sir. Um, and so she goes, and it worked. Somebody came out. Um, but it wasn't a doctor. It was, uh, it was hospital security. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, so this guy said, uh, sir, and I'm, so I look at him, and I go, what do you want, Barty Fife? And um, no, I did not say that. I did not say that. I wanted to. I was like, hey, what's up, uh, Paul Blart? Yeah, I just want to do all of that. Um, but he actually had a real weapon. So I was like, hey, that's cool. We're cool. We're cool, man. We're cool. You cool? I cool. You know, and, and he said, sir, um, you need to step over here right now. And so he step, makes me step over to, to the side. And I'm like, hey, I just need somebody to get my... Sir, you need to calm down right now. And I go, I know I'm not trying to be belligerent, but my mom, something's very wrong. And he said, sir, we take threats very seriously. And I was like, what threat? What are you talking about? Everyone heard what you said. If somebody doesn't do something in the next 60 seconds, something bad is going to happen. And so we know what you're thinking. And, you, and I'm like, no, 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 not, not I'm going to do something bad. Something bad is going to happen to my mom. And he was like, oh, well, now he said, and, and so then I'm thinking that maybe if I told him something, it might help him to understand that I'm not going to freak out on him. Have you ever said something and then you wish you could on-say it? You know what I mean? Like You say it and you're like, oh, I say it." So I, I, I look at him and I go, hey, I'm a pastor. Oh, I should not have said that. Because he looks at me and goes, really? What church are you a pastor at? So I said, Life Church, <laughs> Craig Rochelle. Happy to meet you. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. I didn't. I didn't say that. I told him uh, Core Church, and I was like, "Please don't call the news." Uh, you know, I, and and so anyway, it worked though. They they came and uh, they didn't arrest me. I'm still here. Uh, and so they came and they got they came out and they got my mom. And once they got her back, they realized, oh, oh, she is in dire straits we need to help her thank you uh, and she was they, they had a hospitalizer and she had not had a stroke but she had some other complications and issues that she had and but she's uh, fully now fully recovered from that uh, have you ever had this happen to you in life where um, where you're hurting and it might be physically you're physically hurting or you're you're hurting uh, mentally or emotionally or even spiritually you're you're just distraught and your your wits end and do you ever, you ever feel like, like you're sitting in the the waiting room and and like nobody's coming like like you're praying and you're you're asking god for a miracle you're asking god to step in would you please do you not see the pain that i'm in and you're waiting and you're waiting and then you you pray again and you pray with urgency and you come to church and you do all the things you're supposed to do, and it just seems as if no one hears you and nobody is coming. Well, what I want to say to you today is what the prophet Malachi said to us 400 years before Jesus, and that is that the healer is coming and the healer has come. In, in Malachi, he's a prophet, and he's talking about the coming Messiah, and he says someone is coming And this someone is going to bring healing. He says it this way, and you don't have to look it up. You can write it down. We'll put it on the screen for you. Malachi 4 2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, this is the coming Messiah. Jesus uh, is coming. He will rise, and let's say this together. He will rise with what? Healing in his wings. And then then he says this, and you will go free, and let's say these next three words together, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. The truth is, for some of you today, this idea of leaping with joy, it just seems almost impossible for you to imagine. Because for some of you today, your heart, your heart's been crushed. Like you've suffered a devastating loss of maybe somebody who died in this last year, you understand where Jesus is at with John the Baptist because you've suffered loss like that. Or maybe you've suffered betrayal. Somebody you thought had your back stabbed you in the back or somebody you thought loved you did something that hurt you and just broke you. Or maybe you, maybe you had a dream and you're coming to the end of 2016 and you're like, man, I had this, I had this dream and I was gonna do all that and your dream just was crazy. Crushed, and your heart is just crushed, and your heart is just devastated and broken. Or maybe it's your, uh, maybe it's your soul. Like your soul is just riddled with sin and and shame and brokenness from from some of the mistakes and the the things that you've done. Like you think of the things you've done in your past, and it just it just overwhelms you, and and you're just in this bad place because of what you've done, and you who you've hurt and how you've even hurt and wounded yourself and it's just, man, you're just, you need some healing. Maybe for some of you, and I don't think this is a stretch, it's, it's in your mind. You're just in a really, really, in a dark place. Like there's no end in sight and it was something that was, was done to you or maybe you did something to someone Maybe it was recent or maybe it was 30 years ago. (laughs) Maybe you were a five-year-old kid or a teenager or you were newly married and, oh, and it just, that darkness has just overwhelmed you and you don't see any way out from it. For others, it's physical. It's just like my mom. You get that chronic, you understand pain. You've been in the hospital this year and and you've had the doctor's report and there's nothing worse than when the doctor says to you, there's nothing we can do. Whether it's a disease or chronic pain, it's just devastating to you. And what do you do in moments like that? Well, what I've, I've come today to say to you is this, the healer has come. The healer has come. Let's say that together. The healer has come. Now, the truth is that's easy for us. If you're a follower of Jesus, come on, let's just be honest. It's easy for us to say that for somebody else. Can I get a witness? Amen come on, that's, that's the truth. If you're new to church as followers of Jesus, man, we will say that, we will preach that all day long for the person sitting next to me. But let me complete that statement. The healer has come to bring healing to me. So if you're taking notes, write that down. The healer has come to bring healing to me. That's a little harder to believe, but we need to believe that it's for me. Turn to somebody and say, the healing is for me. The healing is for me. Now turn to somebody else and say, the healing is, is for you. It's for everyone in this room. Listen, it doesn't matter if you think of yourself as the worst hypocrite and you're the, you're the heathen pagan that you thought lightning was going to strike when you came in. You're like, I ain't getting that church. I don't know what bad's going to happen to me. Or whether you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years, like my mom, and you just love Jesus and he's everything to you. Healing is for everyone. Every person in this room. Now, here's, this is an amazing thought right now. Healing is available to every person in this room at this very moment. So I want to talk about that for a, a few minutes because Jesus, in his gospels, we see that he healed people. We have the writings of it over 30 times. Now, Jesus healed thousands of times, but we know of At least 30 of them recorded in the gospel. So let's look at just one of them. Back in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13, it says this, As soon as Jesus heard the news, that's the news about John the Baptist, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Now remember, he's God, but he's also human, so he's grieving. If you missed last week where I talked about hope, go back, listen to the podcast. I talk a lot about his humanness, uh, but he's human, and, and he's devastated. And it says this, But the crowds heard where he was headed and they followed on foot from from many towns now stop and think about that for a moment they followed it says on foot okay on foot from town to town, mile after mile. There's no Uber. There's no Pike Pass, okay? They're they're, they're loading people up on carts and donkeys, and and they're leading the blind, and, and they're going town to town. They're carrying people on mats and on their backs, and they got relatives, and they're trying to figure out how to get there, and they're going town to town to town until they can finally get to Jesus. That now, this is a determined group of people. Would you not agree? I mean, that is some serious resolve. These, these are some people that are saying, hey, I, I need some healing, and I, I got to get to the feet of Jesus, I, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Kind of like with my mom where I'm like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my mom in to see a doctor. That's these people. We're going to do whatever we've got to do to get to the feet of Jesus. So here's what I want to say to you this morning is, You're going to have to press through some obstacles to get to your healing. You're going to have to press through. You're going to have to press through some unforgiveness. You're going to have to press through the bitterness that rises up in you when you think about that person or that event or that thing that happened to you. You're going to have to press through that if you're going to have any hope of getting to your healing. You're going to have to press through the betrayal. You're going to have to press through fear. You're going to have to press through anxiety. You're going to have to press through a relapse and get back up again. And press through and keep moving on. You're going to have to press through a broken relationship, You can lay in your devastation, stop in your devastation, or you can say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the feet of Jesus. This is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to have this resolve about you like these people where you say, whatever it takes, town to town to town. I will walk as far as I have to walk until I can get to Jesus and receive my full and complete healing. Honestly, it's... (laughs) It's just easier to do something that will give you a quick fix. Is it not? I, it's just easy to do something that requires little effort. It's, it's just easier to just binge watch on Netflix <laughs> than it is to press through unforgiveness. I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm just I'm frustrated and I'm angry and I can't forgive them. I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to turn on the seventh season of Lost, okay? I'm going to get lost in Lost, Okay. I mean, come on! anybody ever done that? Anybody? No binge watchers? I've done it. Amen. I am a recovering binge watcher. Okay, it's it's disturbing when it comes up and it says, "Are you still watching?" <laughs> there's my binge watchers right there. <laughs> that's when you know you need. To, I need to fall to my feet and seek forgiveness because there's something in me that's God. So it's easier. It's e- you know it's easier to get out your phone and just scroll through YouTube videos and watch another stupid cat video than it is to to overcome jealousy. You know, like oh that kitty is so fluffy. Hopefully I'm gonna be fluffy again. I mean you it's just it's just it's just easier. It's easier just to go to the fridge or the pantry, just eat something that makes me feel better. It's easier just to swing into the department store real quick and buying a Christmas gift for them. But I was going to buy a sweater for myself too, because it just makes me feel better. It's easier just to lose yourself in in your job or your schoolwork. It's easier just to, I'm just going to bury myself in my work than I than to deal with this anxiety and this fear and this this overwhelming me that is that is is gripping me. It's just it's just easier to move to those things. But here's the thing: is that if, if, it's, just, it's just it's easier like to just take something so I can sleep. Just I just need it. I'm just going to just, just it's, it's a legal pill. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, I did, but I got to sleep. I'm not, I'm not against pills. I'm not against prescriptions. It's not, if you've been here long enough, you know how I feel about that. I don't need to preach that. But let's just be honest. Sometimes it's just easier to crux on that. It's easier just, you know, I'm just going to have a drink. Just one drink. Just take the edge off. But here's the problem with that. Sooner or later, you're gonna be sober. Sooner or later, you gotta wake up and you gotta get out of bed. I mean, sooner or later, there's not another season of lust to watch. And what are you what are you gonna do at that moment? You gotta do what these people do: is you you you've gotta just keep moving. You gotta keep pressing forward, and you gotta keep believing that, man. The healer has come to bring healing to me. Scripture tells us this over and over and over again. Uh, Here's just a few of the places in Scripture where it talks about how there's healing for those who earnestly seek God. If you earnestly seek after God, if you press in, you press through those things, and you seek God, you're going to find, Him. the writer of Hebrews says this, he rewards those who seek him. Isaiah says it this way, seek God, you're going to find compassion. The prophet Hosea says, seek God, he's going to rain righteousness down on you. Amos, who's another prophet in the Old Testament, says, seek God and you will live. Matthew, the guy we're talking about today, the um, apostle and the follower of Jesus, says, seek God first, everything else will take care of itself. Then then you've got Moses, Solomon, Jeremiah, and Luke who all say, seek him and you will find him. So if you will press through the obstacle, the promise of the word of God is is that you will find your healing. But come on, can we just be real, be honest here that sometimes you just don't have the strength, do you? Like you want healing, like you don't you don't show up at church you don't come into the house of god you're not here today unless you, you really believe that i all, i think all of us believe that that i yeah i, I want to believe but the truth is is sometimes we just don't have enough strength man i just i've grown numb to what's happening to me and i i'm like it's like i'm frozen and and I, and, and, and I, I can't i can't i can't move anymore I saw this story a couple of weeks ago uh, about this Japanese theme park. And over in Japan, they got this brilliant idea. And you'll see how brilliant it is here in a moment. Uh, They got this brilliant idea to uh, freeze like 5,000 sea creatures in ice uh, for people to enjoy at their theme park so and they did it in this ice rink so that like families and children could skate around and see these, yeah you're you, you, you following me all right so it's, it's in theory you read something in theory that sounds good and then you play it out you're like that was a really bad idea this is most of my teen years uh, you know like, and so uh, they 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 did it and uh, look at this picture this is what it, this is what it that's not disturbing at all is it can you imagine children? Oh, my goodness, they froze Nemo. I mean, it's just, and then look at this next one. A child is out on the ice. That, that's just, that is just disturbing, is it not? That, but, and just as, yeah, I can see it in your faces. It's why they shut it down. They shut it down and went, bad idea, unfreeze them, okay? For some of you, you're frozen in time. There's an event that happened to you, and you haven't moved since that event happened to you. 1972, that's your year. You remember what happened. Some of you, it's 83. Some of you'd say, oh, February of 1997, I'll never forget that season of love. It wasn't love for me. Some of you, it's 2003 in the summer, and summer's hard for you. When the heat wave comes, so does that pain. It just, just comes right back on you. Some of you, it's you're living it right now, and you're frozen, and you can't move, and it just feels like everybody's just skating on by you. You ever had that feeling? You know, where you're just, you're just in this really difficult spot, and and whether it's spiritually, emotionally, mentally, whatever, and, and, and you just feel like you're frozen and everybody else is going on with their life. woohoo, Yay! Merry Christmas! And it ain't a Merry Christmas for you. And you're just like, does anybody see what's happening in my life? Does anybody even care? God, do you, are you there? And it just even feels as if God has kind of skated by you and so look at the story of these people and think, man, what is it that kept them moving? How did they not get frozen in their pain? And I think one of the things that happened for them is I think they heard the stories. I think they, they heard the stories of, of how Jesus healed people. And, and, I, and, and so they had a brother or a sister or a mother or a neighbor or somebody who had been healed by Jesus. And they'd heard that story and they're like, if, if Jesus did it for them, maybe, just maybe he can do that for me. And, and for some of them, they've met the people. Like they met them and they, and they talked with them and they saw. And they, there's like this person was blind and now they can see. And they're like, and, that, and hope rose up within them. This is why it's so important we gather. This is why we do church together because stories are important. Like when you watch that video when, with the core worship team, did that not cause hope to rise up within some of you? Like you heard the stories and you're like, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can rise above it, I can rise above it. Some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're involved in a core group. And every Sunday night, you get together with a group of people in a home and you share stories of the goodness of what God's doing. And, and you're in a place and sometimes even you're in the group and you're sitting around 10 people and you don't want to say anything and nobody knows your pain and you don't even want to bring it up. But somebody shares a story and you just think to yourself for a moment, man, oh, okay, really the healer has come. Okay, it may, just just maybe... Just maybe, just maybe he's come for me. Just maybe he's come for me. And then sometimes you get, you get the courage to share. This is amazing. So Wednesday night we did core community and many of you were here for core community. I love core community because we get around tables and we start talking and sharing with each other and then we pray for one another and people share their requests. And so somebody shares is um, what I'm going through. And Somebody in that circle will say, hey, all right, and they'll encourage that person. And they'll share a story of hope, or somebody will share a praise story. This is, this is why we do churches, because stories are important, because we've got to tell people the healer has come. Like, and how do we tell people the healer has come? By sharing the stories of what the healer has done for me. Like the healer has come, and he's come for me, but he's also come for you. Turn to somebody and tell them, hey, he's come for me, but he's come for you. He's come for me, but, but he's come for you. The healer has come. And so these crowds, they they pursue Jesus and, and then they found him and Jesus has mercy on them. Look at verse 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he steps from the boat in deep grief and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. You ever wonder why Jesus had compassion on them? I think one reason Jesus had compassion on him is because he's God, and that's who our God is. Right, listen, I don't know where you're at. You might be very far from God, or you might be a follower of Jesus, and you've had so much pain, and you're in such a difficult place, you wonder, Does, I, I don't know that that's God. I don't see a God of compassion and mercy. Brad, I, I, I'm sorry, I just, I, I just don't see it. But let me just verbally proclaim that to you today. This is our God. Our God is a God of mercy, a God of of grace. He is not a God who wishes pain and devastation and hurt and wound and brokenness upon you. He wishes healing for you. This is our God. So he sends Jesus. This is why Jesus came in human form. That's so critical because we're the only religion. Go back to last week's podcast. We're the only religion that believes that God came in human form. And this is what I believe. I believe the reason he stepped from that boat and healed those people it's because he looked at him and he's like, I know exactly how you feel. Because I, um, I just lost one of my best friends and my cousin. Oh, man, I just know the pain that you're feeling. and Of course I'm going to heal you. That's our God. That's who he is and that's what he does. Is, isn't it true that you have more compassion and mercy for people that have gone through what you're going through or what you've been through and they're going through? But have you ever noticed like you try to drum up compassion and mercy and you can to a certain extent for somebody who's going through something but you can't quite relate to their pain and you just don't feel there's a disconnect? Jesus has felt all of it. And this, this is why we gather as a church because you've been through some things, I've been through some things, and we have the opportunity to bring healing to people. And that's, that's what these people are doing. I just envision them going, they're going town to town, and, and, they're, and they're, they're talking about the healer, and this guy is like blind, and somebody's like, dude, I was blind. I was blind, I I can see now, and this is the guy who did it for me, here, come, come with me, and then somebody else is walking town to town, and they see somebody that can't stand and goes to them like, look, my legs are working, let me carry you, let me take you to the healer, okay, and so they go, and they said, this is what happened to me, this is what Jesus will do for you, and so they go, and the crowd just gets larger and larger and larger until they end up at the feet of Jesus, this is what you and I need to do for one another, Man, some of you, you like you hear about somebody who goes through a devastating divorce. You know the pain of that. Compassion and mercy rises up in you. Some of you, you hear about someone who has been abused. Mercy and grace just rises up in you and you're like, I've got to help that person. And some of you have been riddled by depression and anxiety and fear. And you come across somebody who's suffering from depression and many of you go, I don't get that. Why don't they just get up and get going? Go through depression and you'll understand. But the person in our congregation here who's been through depression, you you have compassion and you have mercy for that person. This is who we are. I, I, I rem- every time I hear of somebody, a dad or somebody who loses their job, I, listen, I, I do not have the spiritual gift of mercy and compassion. Do not come to me for mercy and compassion. Amen? Come on. You can be honest. Amen? Yeah, okay. All right. It's just so that's for our guests. Like, don't go to Pastor Brad. Go to someone else. Okay, but, but, <laughs> but whenever I hear of a dad, a dad, specifically a dad who loses their job instantly with no income, mercy and compassion, I, I, I have it. Because I went through that in 1993 and walking into a job where my career was skyrocketing and everything was going my way and I'm, I'm, I'm on the fast track to success and I walk out with a box in my hand. So every time I hear about a dad who's lost a job, it's just, uh, just mercy and compassion rises up in me. That's who we are as the people of God and that's what we're called to do. And this is our God. This is Jesus he understands and he knows. Let's go back. Let's look back at, at Malachi again. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. This is who our God is. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, that's Jesus, will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. We're, we're going to pray here in just a moment, but, but before we do that, I want to do an exercise together, okay? I want to just practice this. I want, just close your eyes for a moment, okay? Just close your eyes. This is an exercise we're going to do together. I want you to think about the healing you so desperately need. What is it that you're struggling with? Now, I just want you to get a picture in your mind. Like, just imagine for just a moment that you're, you're going free, and just imagine yourself leaping. Like, imagine this weight coming off of your shoulders. Imagine you see that person and suddenly you don't have bitterness towards them. Suddenly you have forgiveness towards them. Imagine you see that place or you smell that smell, and suddenly it doesn't have power over you anymore. Imagine sleeping through the night, like fully rested. Now I want you to look up at me. For a lot of you, that just seems impossible, doesn't it? but we serve the God of the impossible, okay? Because this is, this is who Jesus is and who Jesus was. He literally, literally rose with healing in his wings. He rose again. He went to the grave and he rose again. He healed death, okay? Life Uh, life was taken from us. Death was brought by sin. Jesus came and he brought healing to that and he brought life where there is death and he conquered it and he rose above it. This is our God. This is the hope that we have. He did the impossible. So what seems impossible to you, he will make possible. So what if if we just were to say, okay, (laughs) with God's help, I'm going to press through the obstacles in my way to my full and complete healing. What if we just began to say that? With God's help, I'm going to press through until I receive my full and complete healing. I'm going to press through unforgiveness until I've learned forgiveness. I'm going to press through bitterness. I'm going to press through my... Fear. I'm going to press through anxiety. I'm going to press through my relapse, and I'm going to get up until I have finally conquered it, and healing is full and complete in my life. I mean, what if what if, what if you were to say, you know what, like, man, Brad, I, I can't tell you. I'm not. I'm not sleeping at night. This is. It's, it's just riddling me so bad. I'm not sleeping at all. Like you waking up 7 8 times a night just imagine if you like went to bed and you said all right I'm you know what I'm going to do tonight I'm going to pray I'm going to pray and I'm, and just maybe God would just help me to sleep through the night and then you, you get through the night and instead of 7 times you 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 woke up 5 times Well, it didn't work nah, that stuff's just bogus that preachers full of it or you can press through to your full and complete healing you get it back after it the very next night when you go to bed. You say, right, I'm going to pray again. God, please help me to sleep through the night. And you wake up in the middle of the night and you're in, you're in a cold sweat and you're riddled by nightmares. And you just like, and you just, just pain and devastation. And then you try to go back to sleep, but you can't go back to sleep. And you're laying there and you're just like, God, are you getting Are you going to help me? Please help me. And you, you somehow manage to fall back asleep. But then, and then you wake up the next morning and, Instead of seven times and five times, now it was three times and See, so, yeah, well, I'm I'm just gonna keep, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep after it, and and so you go to bed the next night, and you say, you know what, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm, I'm not just gonna pray, but I'm gonna read a psalm. I'm I'm, I'm gonna read a psalm. And you, so you read a psalm before you go to bed, just to quiet your soul, and you pray, and you and you go to bed, and and instead of four times or five times that that night, you, you woke up two or or three times in the night, and it got just a little bit better, and the, and the cold sweats weren't quite there as much, and you weren't riddled by the nightmares quite as bad, but the nightmares were still there, and then you're like, get up the next day, and and so the next night you come back at it again, you pray and you read the psalms and then you're back at it and now now you're down to 2 and and then finally down to to 1 and then and it, but it still won't go away and you're just like I got to press through to my full and my complete healing and you're like I don't know what I'm going to do and so you're like okay well I heard somebody say that if you listen to worship music maybe if you listen to worship music it helps and so maybe you you go to bed and you say a prayer and and then you read that psalm and then you put on a worship song and, and then and you, you manage to only wake up once and the nightmares get a little less frequent and then you stay after it and you stay after it and you stay after it until one day you wake up and you realize I slept through the whole night. I, I, I didn't have the nightmare, I didn't have the cold sweats and I, I, I didn't wake up one time. And your healing is full and it's complete. See, I know that to be true because that's my story. That's where I found myself when I was facing overwhelming obstacles in my way. And I was determined that I was gonna press through and I was gonna go town to town to town walking until I could get to Jesus. And I was gonna trust God and I was gonna walk with God and I'd say a prayer and I'd read a psalm and I'd listen to worship music until I finally was able to sleep and rest and find my full and complete healing. And I believe that's what God wants to do for you. And I believe that's what he can do for you because the healer has come. And he's come to bring healing to me and to you. Let me pray for you. Father, you're so gracious and merciful to send Jesus, the healer, So I want you to think about what it is that you're struggling with. What is it you need to give to God? For some of you today, you're you're gonna receive your full and complete healing. Today is your day. Physical pain, mental torment, spiritual pain, full and complete healing is gonna come to you today. You're gonna pray, you're gonna receive it from the Holy Spirit, you're gonna walk from this place and you're gonna face it no more. For some of you, you need to begin that process. All right, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna start walking towards my healing. And Jesus is gonna come alongside you with the gift of the Holy Spirit to help you. And he's gonna help you every step of the way to press through every obstacle, to keep trusting and believing. And I'm telling you, if you keep moving, if you keep trusting and believing, every day it's gonna get a little bit better until you finally receive your full and your complete healing. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, don't walk alone. Don't try to fix it yourself. It just won't work. Trust in Jesus. What does that mean? It just simply means this. You, you know when I talked about being riddled by, by pain and you know, by sin and by your brokenness and your shame, you get that. All you, listen, Jesus came for that very reason, to take away your sin, to take away your shame, and you can have that forgiveness instantaneous. All you have to do is say, God, I'm man, I am messed up. And I know I've messed up and I've hurt myself and I've hurt people. But if this is true, if you're the healer, would you heal me right now? Heal me. Heal my soul. Please heal my soul. Make me new. Man, the promise is that when you cry out to God, like these people who receive their healing, you receive healing right now for your soul. And you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And church, let's not forget about that. If you're a follower of Jesus, whether you are 10 seconds into that following of Jesus, like some of you right now, you're 10 seconds into following Jesus. Some of you have been following him for for 10 years or 20 years. You have the Holy Spirit. He wants to help you right now. Ask him, ask him to help you. Father, thank you for the healer who has come, who's come for us. We honor you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen.